Welcome to the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and today we will be discussing the article, Learning by Heart, Cardiac Cycle Reveals an Effective Time Window for Learning. This article was chosen for July's issue of APS Select, a collection of the very best original research published by the American Physiological Society. Before we begin, let's meet our guests. Okay, hi Bill. Thank you for arranging this interview and promoting our work. I'm Tommy Vaselius, PhD student in the Department of Psychology in the University of Jyväskylä, Finland. And the topic of my doctoral dissertation is about how rapidly changing bodily states affect learning and neural responses. Hi, my name is Marku Pentonen and I am a senior researcher. I have studied the role of synchronous neuronal activity in learning and memory. I have also investigated the role of embodiment, that is the role of bodily functions in human interaction. Oh, hello, my name is Jan Wiegren, and I'm a senior lecturer in the Center of Interdisciplinary Brain Research and Department of Psychology in the University of Uvascular. Most of my studies have been about the neural basis of learning and memory. And my name is Miriam Nokia, and I'm also a senior researcher here at the Department of Psychology. I'm funded by the Academy of Finland, and in this group I specialize in data analysis and writing. Could you give us a brief background on the known effects of heartbeat on brain function? In the end of the 19th century, psychologist William James noticed that bodily states affect how we experience the world. His fundamental idea was that consciousness was an inseparable stream of bodily and mental states. Since then, science has verified in many ways that bodily states do alter the way we perceive and experience the outer world through the inner world. Specifically, information about the state of internal organs travels through neural and humoral pathways up to the forebrain regions known to be involved in processing of emotion, cognition and behavior. In the early 1970s, a hypothesis was presented that the heartbeat could affect cognition and behavior. Recently, it was shown that the detection of a visual stimulus and evaluation of facial expressions was enhanced during a certain phase of the heartbeat. Why did you do the experiments in both rabbits and humans? So we are interested in the neural basis of learning and memory, and we would of course always prefer to use human subjects. But some of our research questions require invasive recordings directly from the brain, and that's why we had to use animals. What was your methodology in the study? For decades, we have been modeling learning with a task called classical eye blink conditioning. It's very handy in that it can be performed both in humans and in animals, and we can virtually use the same task parameters. And this makes it a very useful tool for us. In eye blink conditioning, the subject hears a short tone, and after that feels a minimally annoying air puff to the eye. And at first, the subject closes his or her eye only when the air puff hits the eye. But later, he or she learns the association between the tone and the air puff and starts to close the eye already when the tone is played. And in this specific study, we measured cardiac cycle or heartbeat using a pulse oximeter attached to the earlobe of the rabbit. And in humans, we used ECG. And basically, we took the signal 
fed it to a computer and let our custom-made program decide whether the cardiac cycle was at systole or diastole. Then, for some of the subjects, we presented the conditioning trial starting at the diastole, and for others, we presented the trial starting at systole. This means that the warning signal, the tone, started either at the systole or at diastole. And in Rapids, we also had a control group that was trained at random, so the tone would start whenever. And during training, we recorded eye blinks as well as neural responses to the tone. What were your findings? Okay, our main finding with the rabbit experiment was that the timing of the significant stimuli onset in the diastolic phase of the cardiac cycle improved behavioral learning compared to timing the stimuli to a random phase of the cardiac cycle. In addition, neural responses to the stimuli in hippocampus differed between diastolic and systolic phase. Jan can discuss about the findings of the human experiment. Yes, in humans, the brain responses as measured as event-related potentials in EEG were modulated as a function of the phase of the cardiac cycle. The responses were more prominent when the tone used as a condition stimulus in our experiment was time to begin during systolic phase. We couldn't, however, see any difference in how fast the human participants learned the task. We think that, especially in its single cue form, the tracyclic conditioning might have been a bit too easy for human participants. For them, it usually takes just a couple of trials to learn. So it could be that the task simply was not subtle enough to manifest the possible differences in information processing. What are the implications and next steps of your work? Right now, uh, cardiac cycle and other rhythmic bodily function, such as respiration and synchronous electrophysiological function of the brain and the body during learning are going to be studied. Some pilot studies have already been made, and we have some exciting results. It would be also interesting to study the effects of the cardiac cycle in learning with Alzheimer patients. We also hope that learning by heart paper reaches a wide audience in scientific community and inspires researchers to elaborate their own ideas considering the main proposition we have, that the brain and the body might have some yet unknown synchronous activity, crucial to learning and other higher or lower level cognitive functioning. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in today's discussion of the article, Learning by Heart, Cardiac Cycle Reveals an Effective Time Window for Learning, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology. 